What's up, everybody? Thank you for downloading this edition of the Philip Jordan Podcast. I am your host, Philip Jordan, from Last World College Football, a 96.9 The Legend in Dothan, Alabama, where I'm the in-studio host and producer of with Football and host of the Wiregrass High School Football Report. You can listen to future and past episodes of the Philip Jordan Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart, or wherever you get your podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. You can also email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com. Now, let's get into today's podcast. All right, everybody joining me on the show today, uh, John Vogel. You check him out, the football sapient, NFL draft stuff. He's your guy. You, you want to know what's going on in the draft? You want honest, great NFL draft takes? Go check out uh, football sapient. Hey, if you like the USFL, they've got USFL coverage going over there as well to football all the time. And, uh, John, I appreciate you doing this. I appreciate you asking me to come back, man. Uh, it's awesome. I love every opportunity, man. Oh yeah, man, you're just a uh, lot blowing up all over the place. I just want to say, just congratulations on uh, you know, the past year and you know, the last couple of months, you know, growing with your website and yourself too as well. Uh, just congratulations on all your success. Thank you, appreciate that. Oh, uh, you know, and you, let's just talk about where where did that uh, that passion? I know, big obviously NFL draft. Uh, where did that passion for that come from? You know, it came from uh, watching ESPN and Mel Kiper and. Todd McShay and, you know, relying on their draft takes and stuff and then being wrong 50% of the time and realizing I had to watch it myself. <laughs> that was a, quite an experience when I learned that's normal, you know, and 50% yeah. is a good hit rate. But uh, no, it's just, uh, it's it's really getting, the thing about scouting is you get really deep into football and you really get a chance to really assess talent and you understand football. You have to understand a lot of different levels. And I think the learning curve that comes with it is awesome because it never ends. You know, there's always things changing. Schematics are changing. The way that we tell players to play positions are changing and staying plugged into all that. You know, you talk about the with the NFL draft. You, know, you brought up Mel Copper Jr., which I'm 35. So I know when I was growing up, he was – I mean, it felt like then he was the only guy. Yep. You know, really much. It was just him. Uh, now there's so, many, there's so many people, you know, on the national level and just all over the place. Uh, but when you – who was one of the NFL draft guys for you growing up that you looked up to and, uh, you know, really appreciated their work? So, uh, people that kind of really taught me, you know, would, would be Daniel Jeremiah at NFL Network, uh, listening to Moving the Chains and with Bucky Brooks. I think um, I didn't really get into draft so much until I was later, and I really got into media and was kind of trying to figure out my niche. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I really got that. But I, I think that team building is fascinating, you know, so free agency and anything that involves, you know, building a team has always been something that's really interesting to me and uh the draft is like one of the main aspects of that and that's kind of what happened was you gotta if you want to talk about how a team's constructed you got to talk about the draft and you have to understand what pe- what teams are looking for and how they assess the talent so that's really where i'm how i got here you know last time me and you talked uh we talked uh, about a certain quarterback i wanted to ask you about because i know you were big on him and uh mm-hmm. before we jump into this year's draft we'll kind of reverse into last year matt jones yeah uh, of course, yeah, I loved it. I'm, you know, a lot, a lot of my content's SEC. I mean, the handle P Jordan SEC. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. I know you were big on him going in. I was impressed with him during the season. And I, I'll, you know, forget your take. I give my thoughts and something I don't think anybody ever talks about. But it was one moment in his rookie year. They were playing the Cowboys. He mm-hmm. throws that pick six. Diggs takes it back. 
I, I, I was super impressed with him. The very next possession, he went right back at him. He wasn't afraid. So I said, okay, this guy's going to be a, a pro. This is it. He's going to last. Uh, because just sort of the fearlessness of that. Because there's a lot of quarterbacks, I think, would have not thrown it his direction that quickly, you know, after he just <laughs> took it to the house on you. But after one year with, uh, you know, seeing Matt Jones, uh, what's your takeaway with him going forward? Yeah, um, it's kind of like what I was talking to you. I don't know if I said it on your show, but it was something that I basically said a lot during the last draft process was don't let this guy go to the Patriots because he is Tom Brady 2.0. I mean, he's modeled mm-hmm. his game after Tom Brady's entire life. That's his favorite player growing up. That's his idol. And he a lot of the the Brady and Jones game, I don't think Jones has quite the arm. Um, it's all some limitations with that at times where, you know, like he – especially on the deep ball. Yes. He, he really has to rely on timing and touch, not someone like Josh Allen who can just throw a dot, you know, 40 yards into the end zone. Uh, we saw that a couple times throughout the year, but overall, I mean, he's just going to keep getting better timing, accuracy and touch are all great things that he just has a natural feel for. And I mean, I think the Patriots have their quarterback situation figured out and I would say for the next decade, I would probably be safe. I, I'm not going to say he's going to have a Brady type career, but I think that he's going to be a suitable starter for a very long time and probably be one of the top quarterbacks. Oh, no. I, I remember his first preseason game. Mm-hmm. Just the way he took the ball from under center and he stepped back, I was like, you put a 12 on him. That looks just like Tom Brady. Yeah, he does. Just, it's, it's unreal. Just everything about him uh, just was very similar. And I think one, uh, they I know the, the playoffs didn't go how they wanted, but it wasn't because of him. I think he played actually all things considered in the blowout loss to Buffalo. He actually played considerably well because they're always going on around him moving into this year's draft 2022, just, you know, overall, and we'll, we'll get into the quarterbacks. Just, um, I get uh, this is uh, maybe a curveball question to you. And if you don't have an answer top of your head, that's fine. Is there somebody going into this draft or that was after the college season or anything like that, that you weren't too high on that you've kind of changed your mind on going into the draft, which is we're recording this on Thursday, the 14th, which is two weeks away from the draft when we record this. Is there anybody that you that comes to mind with that? That's someone that's maybe yeah. you've changed on. So it'd have to be Desmond Ritter. I, I like Desmond Ritter a lot more than I did coming into the process. I, um, and it, it's really I'm the type of guy with a quarterback where, at quarterback position throughout your college career as a passer and you have the athletic tools you know to to be something more than just you know a passer i'm normally willing to take that bet so 2016 Dak prescott i love Dak. i thought i had a late first round grade on him i thought he was gonna be a great quarterback the next level i think i would have taken him over jared goff wouldn't have taken him number one but i I didn't i didn't think goff was quite up there um 20 20 was Jalen Hurts, right? And I love Jalen Hurts, and I loved his game, and I had a late first on him as well. The athletic ability and the ability to, you know, you've shown the consistency with your growth as a passer over your career. I'm willing to take that bet. And uh, Ritter, I had some questions about his mentality, his leadership. But as the college season progressed, as we really got into the, pre, the pre-draft process, I really started to buy on him. I like him a lot. So we move into this year in, in, with the lines and reading your mock draft. Uh, I know you got there, Aiden Hutchinson, which hometown guy there. Uh, they obviously would love him. Uh, but you talk about Jared Goff, you know, he's their quarterback. But uh, why do you think they should go there at defensive end and not go quarterback? Because you obviously know Jared Goff is not your future. You know, he's kind of the placeholder. But uh, why not quarterback at that spot? Is there – 
I, I honestly, you know, we're going to get into Kenny Pickett because he's the next pick. I know you're going to mention that one. Oh, yeah. Um, I really don't like quarterbacks. I don't think there's a real potential franchise changing guy, you know, that is going to step in and play immediately. So the question kind of becomes, is Jared Goff an upgrade right now? You know, I mean, is the guy that you're going to draft an upgrade over Jared Goff right now, or is he uh, just another kind of average? Is he better than Jared Goff? And I don't yeah. think you have a guy in this class that's any better than him. So you're going to have to ride him for another year. I guess you could make a trade if you could figure out something with the cap. You're tied to Jared Goff for 20-something million this year. It's insane. So um, I think that's the best route that they have to take um, is just to go ahead and continue to build up that defense. Now, Hutchinson makes a lot of sense there, not just because he's a hometown kid in Michigan, and they but and they do reportedly love him a lot. He's not going to get past two, I don't think, if he doesn't go number one. Um, but I think with him also is he kind of fits what they want to do. They had uh, Romeo Aquara in that spot where Hutchinson would fit perfectly last year. Aquara got hurt; he looked okay. Hutchinson's an immediate upgrade. You can start him immediately. You might as well take that shot. Okay, so uh, you put a projected trade with Carolina and Houston at three. Uh, Kenny Pickett, and I like Kenny Pickett watching play. And obviously, Carolina's looking for a quarterback. They don't. I don't think they want to go into the season with uh, Sam Donald as their quarterback. No. Uh, that's that's pretty much been obvious with chasing after Deshaun Watson. And I mean, I think I've even seen some reports at one time maybe they were interested in maybe Baker Mayfield or Jimmy mm-hmm. Garoppolo. So that you know they're looking for a quarterback. Uh, well, Kenny Pick, and of course, I know what before the combine, everybody was making a big deal of his hand size. I mean, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And then, you know, when you know, you get nitpicky around this time of year, anyways, with some of this stuff. And then, you know, also with him, I've seen a lot of people think compare him to Mac Jones, like he could be this yes. year's Mac Jones. He's more, he may not have the highest ceiling of some of the other quarterbacks, but he's the floor is not as bad, you know, with him, maybe with some others. But, you know, he's a safe pick. What I've seen. Uh, what's your take on just Kenny Pickett overall, and oh, would that be a good match in Carolina? So Pickett, yeah. See, I think in this class he is the most like Mac Jones. Which, if you remember last year, the Panthers loved Mac Jones, and mm-hmm. I think that that was the original plan going into the draft was they were going to take him, but they had the opportunity to get a veteran in Darnold and try to resurrect his career, and it failed. So they're kind of back at square one. I projected the trade because you have teams like New Orleans and Atlanta right now kind of circling, and they're kind of in the same quarterback conundrum where they could use an upgrade. And so I think that there's a they, – they kind of – you can blame them for sabotaging Deshaun Watson going to Carolina because that sounded like that was pretty close to getting done. It didn't. Watson ends up going to Cleveland. Um, Car- Carolina is going to be dead set on making sure that nobody gets their guy. And that's what everybody's kind of saying about Pickett. I, I, I don't like Pickett as much as a lot of the people in the class. I was just from everything that I hear about Carolina, they love him. They want him. I think he might be about the same as where Sam Darnold is right now. Uh, the hand size. Yeah. That's a concern that a lot of people had. Uh, he wears two gloves when he plays, you know, and that's because of the hands, but um, you didn't see a lot of issues with fumbles and stuff with him. Um, so I don't think that's the concern. The concern is out structure. So when you see him rolling out of the pocket and he makes these throws, especially in the red zone, he has like five or six touchdown throws that are really impressive, kind of almost across your body on a dime, 20 yards into the back of the end zone for a touchdown. Um, 
he's really good at that. And that's kind of my concern is he's not as great in structure. It's almost like there has to be chaos for him to thrive. And that's my, con- that's my concern with Pickett is that um, he's not going to be as effective in structure. But I think Carolina sees him as an upgrade. Yeah. And, you know, of course he's going to figure something else out because he's not going to be able to uh, whip out the, uh, the, the face slot. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 okay. I'm just going to go on a tangent on that. I saw both sides of the argument. I thought it was super creative in the moment, but I also yes. see the other side where, you know, you're, you know, you're the defensive player. What am I supposed to do here? I, you know, either way you're in your tough spot, but I, I thought in the moment, I was like, Oh, that's pretty smart to come up with that. But, you know, they kind of use the rules in, in your favor as a quarterback, but hey, those guys get enough, get enough, uh, advantages. They don't need to give them another one. And, uh, but anyways, um, now, in, talking about Atlanta, that was a team, too, you know, I, I've seen, you know, some people mentioned should they go quarterback? Atlanta needs a lot. And, I mean, a quarterback's not going to solve, especially one of these quarterbacks, mm-hmm. is not going to cure what's going on with them. And, and I'm actually happy they traded Matt Ryan. He deserves to go somewhere else where he can actually win. It's not happening in Atlanta. Uh, you go with Garrett Wilson here. And I guess this question really isn't about why don't they go quarterback. Like I said, they need a lot of stuff in Atlanta. Uh, it's – what what's the difference in the two Ohio State receivers would you with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave? Yeah, Wilson's I think the main difference between the two is Wilson, uh Garrett Wilson's better at the catch point. So he'll attack it and he's really good after the catch. I think Olave is more comfortable making a catch on the run. You know, so that's why I like Wilson more than Olave is because uh Wilson really showed the contested catchability separation. He's got great speed. He's awesome after the catch. He's very much in that Devontae Smith type mold in terms of what he brings uh, on the field, the way that he plays with the intensity, being able to make a lot happen after the catch, but going up and contesting the ball. I don't see a lot of that from Olave. Olave is going to be more of a smoother route runner, somebody that just kind of tries to run around and create that separation. You know, next up, you know, I'm just kind of going quarterbacks and receivers here, just looking how you had it, just kind of using mm-hmm. it as a guide for the people want to know. And go check out. Uh, John's mock draft over at footballsampit.com. If uh, it's really good stuff over there, uh, you got Jameson Williams going to the Washington Commanders. Uh, joke on the side, I'm bad about slipping up calling them the commandos. I don't know why that keeps coming out that way. But, uh, <laughs> it keeps happening. It keeps happening. Uh, but anyways, with Jameson Williams, of course, you know, coming off the injury, you know, in in the national championship game, do you see him as someone that even yourself would have had him higher if it wasn't for the injury? Is this probably still where you probably would have had him? You know, I think he makes a really compelling argument against Garrett Wilson without that injury. You know, the injury is um, – it was very unfortunate. It, if you want to go back to the national game, it had to change a lot of what they were doing you know, from an offensive schematic standpoint. Um, but from everything that I've heard, he's still going very high. Like, people love this guy. He's, his speed's game-changing. He's got a very high ceiling because uh, he's not really a finished product. Some of the things he needs to work on is really police. Um, and dealing with physicality throughout the route. But uh, this guy's already there. He's a lot of fun to watch. He's got that, like like we mentioned, like you just can't say speed enough with him. He's awesome. Yeah. I think he would have run probably healthy enough to run. Um, and it just makes sense because, you know, when you look at Washington and they've got, you know, Samuel at the one and the three, and they need the two, and Williams is perfect too. Uh, in my opinion, so it just makes sense. You want to give Carson Wentz the weapons. You want to keep the complement, the speed that's across the board. He does all that. 
Oh, another one. And, and, and this is one I was I was a big fan of there. You're just watching this to see like I do. Traylon Burks. Well, he did at Arkansas. One, he was hurt. And he's a guy, he's, he, he is a big receiver, but he also brings you that speed factor. Uh, yes. I mean, what, what's the biggest thing for you that sticks out with him? And then you see him, you know, I know you have him going 18th with the Philadelphia Eagles. So the, he, I've got him going 18. I think Philadelphia really likes him a lot. Um, and everything that you've seen through the draft process points to that, including his pro day where the uh, Philadelphia Eagles receivers coach worked him out, Joe Moorhead, I believe. And it's not Moorhead. I forget his name right now. The receivers coach worked him out during his pro day and worked him through receiver drills, and that's very rare. Like, you don't normally have NFL coaches working with players, and that's a pretty good tip on how they feel about him. Um, so, the thing is, the lack of testing, right? So, with him, he, he didn't hit a lot of the thresholds people expected him to with his 40-yard dash and his vertical jump and stuff like that at the combine. It wasn't as impressive as some of the other guys. But you put on the tape, this guy's a baller, right? He And the clip that I put in the mock draft is him running, basically outrunning the entire Alabama secondary on a slant, on a, I think it was a curl. He runs up, catches it, takes off running, beats them across the field to the end zone. And he's hurt on this. He's playing hurt at this point. Um, he's he's a game breaker. Oh, okay. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, this is where he had your next quarterback going, Malik yeah. Willis. Yeah. And of course, Mitchell Trubisky is not your franchise quarterback. Right. Um, he is a uh, that definition of a placeholder. I mean, at best, I mean he's a guy you can put out there. Um, with Malik Willis, and for me as a guy that covers Auburn for last world college football, you know, I, I'm really you know proud you know see his development because I remember when you know and getting away from Gus Malzahn was probably the best thing that happened to him yeah. as a quarterback was getting away. From Gus Malzahn, because look, I'll be honest with you. I think Jarrett Stidham turns out to be a much better quarterback if, he, if he's under a different coach in college. I, I, I've believed that. I mean, I've been also known as the Jarrett Stidham apologist over the years. But, <laughs> it, but anyways, with Malik Willis with his development, I know you know there's still some things he's got to fix. I mean, all these guys. I mean, obviously, you know, there's nobody that's perfect. But uh, with him, uh, how would you see him? Obviously, Stidham would probably ease him in if they drafted him. But just. Or why why Pittsburgh? I know they're a big fan of him. Oh, how do you see him uh, fitting in with them, and just you know his overall development, where he needs to uh, go next in the NFL when he gets drafted? He looks a lot like the late Dwayne Haskins, um, more athletic, faster athlete, but same sort of talent, right? Like Haskins had that big arm; he could stretch the field. Wanted to kind of play tough and physical. That's that's Willis. Now he's a little bit smaller than Haskins was. Um, but it makes sense, you know, that Pittsburgh really likes him. They kind of want to get into that more athletic type mold of a quarterback. And they've been wanting to do that, you know, since uh, Ben Roethlisberger kind of started thinking about retirement. That's been something like 2020 class. They love Jalen Hurts. And I think mm-hmm. if he had been still sitting there in the second round when they picked it, they would have taken him there. Um, so he was. But anyways, they loved Hurts through the process. So this is something that they've been planning on doing for a while. Now, Willis needs to improve. A lot of his passing fundamentals. Um, that's the thing about him is he's relied on his athleticism playing against a lot of less superior talent. You know, he's an SEC talent basically playing a bunch of, you know, nobodies in the. Yeah. And playing, that's the other thing too. He's playing with a lot of nobodies. You know, when people point to the old miss game and they say, oh, he looked terrible. Well, that's why, you know, these are. On you know these are unranked offensive linemen for the most part that are blocking for him against four or five star prospects you know so of course he's going to get torn up there 
But really, it's just passing mechanics. He's shown some improvement over the process with that. He's been working with a renowned quarterbacks coach. Um, why can't I think of his name right now? Avery. And uh, Is it Quincy? Quincy Avery, that's it. Okay. Yeah, Quincy Avery. He's been working with – you just know that that's one of those guys that's very athletic you can bet on. You know, he's shown the, he's shown some of the improvement as a passer. He's going to get there. Now, okay, this is this is where I take the profession professional hat off a little bit, and I jump into the fan because I will. People out here probably know this. I'm a Packers fan, mm-hmm. so the uh, you have Drake London uh, going yeah. from USC. Now, I'll ask you this: Does the Sammy Watkins acquisition change that, or do you think they still need to go wide receiver in the first round? I think you still need a wide receiver. You know, it's kind of like what I pointed out. Uh, Jawan Winfrey, Alan Lazard, and Randall Cobb are your projected starters. Now, throw Watkins in there a little bit. How long is Watkins actually going to be on, with the team? Yeah, you know, sure. I think he signed a one-year deal. Are you going to mm-hmm. extend them beyond that? Probably not. You know, so the thing with London is, I think honestly, picking Watts uh, uh, or draft or signing Watt, uh, Watkins makes more sense with this because. London's coming off an injury, right? You know, so mm-hmm. he he's you don't know if he's going to be a hundred percent ready when the season starts. So you're not going to really be taking this guy, you know, like when you draft this. If you were to draft this guy right here in this particular example, you're not taking him to fill in immediately. You're taking him because you're thinking long term, um, and that's kind of where Drake London is. I think you're hoping to put him on the boundary you're hoping he becomes that one and at worst he's really just another you know chase claypool type yeah i was just uh, you know uh, i saw that after i had read the uh after i saw the walk stuff after i had read the mock draft so it kind of just popped my head with him but yeah i agree i mean they need they need all receiver they can help and look i think this will be the first time they've drafted a wide receiver in the first round since javon walker that was the first right. round it's been a long – they have not drafted a wide receiver in the first round since Aaron Rodgers has been the start quarterback. That was yeah. the that was the far error when they did that. Uh, you know, finally, at Tampa Bay, of course, Tom Brady's coming back. Okay, at first I was like, he's not playing for Tampa. He may come me back, but he's not playing for Tampa. I've come off that now. So you got uh, Matt Corral coming, you know, backing him up, uh, you know, and you're at 27. I like Matt Corral, what he can do, obviously, as a runner, really good as a passer. Uh, I know a lot of people look at him as undersized a bit, but I like his game, what he's able to do. And I think with Lane Kiffin, you do kind of he does run some stuff that's NFL light. So I think that that kind of helped. You know, just from my watching Ole Miss play with Lane Kiffin, I'm a I'm a Lane Kiffin fan anyway. So I'm going to talk him up a, as I can as a play caller uh, with Matt Corral. Oh, w- w- what do you see out of him? And 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 that would be a big deal, kind of playing behind Tom Brady. You get to learn, you know, from the best of all time. So that, that's an intriguing. That would be an intriguing spot for him. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking was, you know, there's a the Buccaneers have been in the whole quarterback trade rumor stuff with Baker Mayfield and, you know, Garoppolo and trying to find that long-term, you know, solution cuz let's be honest, he pretty kind of retired once and then you had all these reports come out where supposedly he was about to go take over you know, part ownership in Miami, you know, and the Flores lawsuit threw all that into a whirlwind, but who knows if that's true or not. But the, the fact is, it looks like he's about to he's about to retire. He's taking this one last year. This is his last shot to go win something. And Tampa doesn't have a backup plan. And they're going to be competing to be playing, you know, to be for the Super Bowl this year. 
So you're not going to try to wait till next year because you're not going to tank when you got Tom Brady as your quarterback, right? Yeah. So it looks like if if you have the opportunity, go ahead and, and there's a guy that you think could develop, you know, that could take a redshirt year, you might as well go ahead and take him now, right? And that was kind mm-hmm. of my thought process when I got to that point in, in the scenario. It's Matt Corral. Matt Corral is, is a very talented quarterback. I like him. Like, you know, like we talked about this last year. Mac Jones was my guy. You know, he mm-hmm. wasn't my top-rated quarterback, but I liked him a lot more than the consensus, and he was one of my favorite guys. That's Matt Corral for me this year, right? And I, I liked him when I was watching him over the summer. He took that step up that you wanted to see. Goes and plays in the bowl game, so you have no, you know, concerns about his lack of, you know, love for the game or anything because he's going to go play in a bowl game and gets himself hurt. But Matt Corral, he showed he ran a lot of he like you said he ran a lot of pro schemes. He has a good arm. He's very athletic. He's very tough. He doesn't like rich entitled kids, which I love that about him too. And so like he just kind of fits that whole Brady mold, right? Outside of the size. Brady, I think Brady and him would get along great. He could learn a lot during that year and then he could settle into a spot and, you know, take over as their long-term starter and be in a much and then Tampa's in a much more comfortable situation long-term with uh, you know, Bulls as their head coach. Yeah, so I guess uh, the potential of the Kyle Trask era gets gets thrown out the window with that yeah. pick. Uh, was there ever a potential? You know, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, he's a good story, though. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. what, yeah. where he come from uh, just to make it to the NFL when you were didn't really start in a in a, in high school because you were behind Derek King. Yeah, uh, <laughs> most kids now in high school, their parents would be would be taking them somewhere else. You know, <laughs> if that was the case. But anyways, um. Man, uh, I appreciate uh, you coming on. Uh, this has been a lot of fun talking NFL draft with you. Uh, tell the listeners and the viewers out there uh, why they should be checking uh, your stuff out and everything out over at Football Sapien. Team building. That's kind of the, the idea behind the website is team building and focus, like you know I mentioned in the opener. Um, and so they're going to – Every alt league has produced players, you know, to the NFL every year. I think when the AAF folded, there were 50 players that came over. Mm-hmm. The XFL had similar numbers. So, you know, the players from the USFL that are going to get NFL chances, and we're covering that. The other thing is you got Fox pouring a whole lot of money into it and NBC now, too. So, you know that there's going to be a lot of betting opportunities and fantasy sports, and we kind of want to be on top of that, too. So, we do that. We've got our NFL coverage, college football coverage this year we're kind of starting with. and. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Football Sapient. I'm at Draft Vogel. And uh, yeah, just anything general football stuff. That's what we're kind of talking about. All right. Sounds good, everybody. Go uh, check out Football Sapient. Got you covered. All things football. And uh, John, I do appreciate you coming on. It's good uh, chatting with you again. And I uh, hope we can do this again sometime down the road. Yes, sir. 